Hey, Tiger fans, show your pride on the road by purchasing an official State of Kansas Tiger Tag. The process is quick, easy, and your $30 license plate fee will support scholarships at Fort Hayes State University. Visit FHSUalumni.com slash drive or contact the Alumni Association to learn more. Your car or truck isn't complete without a Fort Hayes State University Tiger Tag. Visit FHSUalumni.com slash drive today. Go Tigers! We're with MIAA Commissioner Mike Racy and... Um well, a lot to talk about when it concerns the MIAA, but first off, start of a new football season ahead of us, and, and last year probably the biggest thing was replay. Um, the MIAA in the forefront for Division Two to add it. Sounds like it went great, and now it's become the blueprint for all divisions. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about uh, what we were able to accomplish last year. The NCAA seeing what the MIAA did and quickly putting their stamp of approval on what the MIAA did as a, a, a approved exception for anyone in D1, D2, or D3 football that's not going to have a replay booth and go through that expense, that you're going to be able to still have instant replay uh, consistent with the MIAA policies and procedures. That's now in the NCAA rulebook. Um, there are probably uh, seven or eight Division II conferences uh, that are going to implement that this year. That makes me feel really good. Um, we'll see a number of Division III uh, conferences that are going to use that as well. Uh, my hope is someday that this is the way we do replay in the playoffs. As you know, right now, I think that uh, uh, playoffs, we just do replay in the semifinals and the and the championship because of the expense of the replay booth. This uh, this system would allow replay to happen in every every playoff game. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the next step. But, yeah, the, the experiment, experiment was successful, and uh, the NCAA quickly endorsed it for anyone else to use. Yeah, I think probably the big thing is targeting. And you mentioned when you addressed uh, before the media day uh, the number of targets that the player was allowed to return. I know four-day state had an incident in the playoffs. I think if had this been in place, whole different outcome because the player doesn't isn't disqualified. But that's probably as a big a thing of anything to get a chance to look at it in real time. And a lot of these players are allowed to continue to play in the game and after review it. Yeah, we, you know, we take a lot of pride with our officiating program in, in all sports, but especially football in the MIAA. We like to think that, you know, we've got the, at least the best in Division Two. We put a lot of officials in a lot of sports that have a chance to come through the MIAA, move on to Division One. So we've got good officials, but, you know, replay gives us a chance to make sure we get things right. And last year we had 45 challenges by coaches. 11 calls ended up being reversed. And so, you know, 11 misses by our officials that we were able to correct. Uh, but, yes, the biggest benefit of replay at the Division II level is it relates to targeting. Uh, targeting is a necessary rule. It um, ensures uh, player safety. Um, it uh, allows accountability and making sure that, uh, you know, we're taking care of the health and safety of our student athletes. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of times those are bang, bang plays and, uh, and they're hard to get right. And, and the penalty is so severe. If, um, if you're, you know, you're called for targeting um, and, um, you know, you're, you're a student athlete, you're going to be out of the game. And uh, this replay gives us a chance to go back and look uh, automatically. It's an automatic review, and we look at every one of the targeting calls. Last year in the MIAA, we had nine targeting calls. Seven were reversed. And, um, 
We so you know we we got we got two of them right, but seven of them were wrong, and we were able to put student athletes back in the game right away. So that that is a big deal, and that's why we're doing this. I guess another thing pertinent to football. I, Last year's playoffs and uh, a lot made about uh, the matchups between, uh, you know, Grand Valley, Pitt State, and, and Northwest, and you know that that was kind of the national semifinals early in the in the postseason, and, and uh, you were very vocal. A lot of people vocal about how the procedures done in, in Division Two, and it sounds like. Um, you guys are at least trying to take some steps to hopefully alleviate some of these things someday. Yeah, well, in conferences like the MIAA and the Gulf South Conference and the GLIAC and the Lone Star and the Northern Sun, um, football is, I'm not going to say it's more important than other sports, but it's different. It's the sport that institutions make the biggest investment. It's a sport where institutions have the biggest opportunity uh, to generate revenue. And it's a sport where you're actually able to engage campus and the rest of the community uh, by special events like homecoming, military appreciation day, family day. And we've got to recognize the investment and how important these uh, football programs are uh, by making sure that we just don't treat football like every other sport within the NCAA structure. And, uh, yeah, a couple of the conferences I just mentioned got together after last year's playoffs and said, you know, there's got to be a way to do things better than we're doing them. So um, we've had three meetings. Um, The great thing about this alliance is that we have presidents at the table. Uh, Every conference, we have seven conferences, and every conference has a president, the athletic director, and the conference commissioner. And uh, those uh, three individuals from every conference are able to provide input on football-specific issues um, and to uh, make recommendations on ways that we'd like to see uh, the game of football improve. Those recommendations could be legislation that we're sponsoring, and we're doing that this year with a new Week Zero proposal, or they could be letters uh, that get written by our presidents to the NCAA office or to various committees. And uh, so while the, the alliance doesn't have direct NCAA authority or power, um, it does have the opportunity to make some noise. Uh, people will listen to a group of presidents that get together to talk about football. And, um, you know, we're, that's what we're trying to do, to get together periodically to talk about football issues and figure out how we can improve the game. You mentioned week zero. I guess that's probably the latest thing that came out uh, just last week about the MIAA kind of being the forefront of now 12 weeks to play 11 games. Just talk about how that all came about and, and obviously a great benefit. Well, it really came from the Football Alliance. And what we do at these Football Alliance meetings, at every meeting we have Mel Churchmas sit in with us. Uh, he is the coordinator for a program called NCAA Coaches Connection. So Mel meets monthly with one football coach from every conference, and they talk about issues. In the past, some of the things that they talk about really don't go anywhere. (laughs) They just get to talk about stuff. And the Alliance has really given Mel and that group a place where if the football coaches feel strongly about a particular issue, they can bring it to the Alliance, and a group of conferences can decide whether or not you know, it's worthy of pushing on. And and that's what happened with Week Zero. It really was... uh, really uh, gained uh, momentum among Mel's uh, football coaches connection group. And uh, our football coaches look around and say, you know, if if you're going to uh, play an 11-game football schedule and then you make a run in the playoffs to the championship game, there's a possibility that you're playing 16 games in 16 
consecutive weeks. And, um, you know, not even the NFL, <laughs> uh, they, not, they don't even try that out, you know. They, um, so uh, we, we need to do something different in Division Two football. And uh, the week zero gives us an opportunity to, to create um, some um, uh, innovative or creative scheduling um, scenarios and also teams to be able to maybe um, more reasonably find non-conference opponents uh, in that week zero that don't already have scheduled something scheduled. But I think the real beneficiary are going to be our student-athletes. Any of the programs and conferences that decide to play in week zero, if this gets approved in January, will have the opportunity during the season to have a bye week and to give their student-athletes a week for rest and recovery. And we need that in Division Two football. It's important. I want to ask you about the conference last year with Lincoln being a member Arkansas Fort Smith uh, will be joining uh, the, the year following, but obviously some a changing landscape in the in the MIAA. Yeah, and adding a new state, um, you know, adding a school in in Northwest Arkansas, it makes a lot of sense for the MIAA. Arkansas Fort Smith is a a relatively new NCAA member, but they've been in Division Two. They're a good Division Two member. It's a regional public university, so it looks a lot like all of the other schools. Uh, in the MIAA. Um, It's in northwest Arkansas. Fort Smith is a growing community. Um, We have a number of schools that have uh, alumni and and graduates uh, in that northwest Arkansas corridor. Um, We have a lot of coaches that recruit in that area. Um, Arkansas Fort Smith is uh, it's actually um, not too far from uh, from Tahlequah, maybe even a little easier drive uh, to get there, just all interstate. And uh, so Arkansas Fort Smith just made all the sense in, in keeping us at 14. It is a, a non-football school, but it keeps us at 14 basketball institutions. And as we've talked, you know, our presidents are in this mindset of growth. Um, they believe that you're either shrinking or you're growing. You know, they take that approach with student enrollment as well. You know, you're either you're either losing students or you're you're gaining students, and they want they want that same approach in the conference. So, you know, we're open to growth. We we I think our vision in the next couple of years is to try to get to 16, to have 12 football schools, four without football, maybe go into divisional alignments, and uh, to see see what that might look like. Um, in, in every sport, including football, and what that might do for the MIAA. I think in football, a divisional alignment would certainly give us the opportunity for every school to have at least one, maybe two non-conference games every year. And I think we're starting to see with the postseason the importance of, of having some non-con. Yeah, I think we learned that last year. You know, it was ridiculous that the MIAA was sweating it a little bit on selection uh, selection Sunday on whether or not we get a second team in the playoffs. And a lot of that's attributed to the football committee just telling us they really really didn't have any uh, any measurements to tell whether or not the MIAA was better than the GLVC or, or the GAC. And, you know, we, we need to, if, if, that's, if that's the rules that we're going to have to play by, we're going to have to go back out and prove to people how strong this conference is in football. And uh, the way to do that is to go beat up on some non-conference opponents. And, um, you know, I think that'll be the future of Division Two or MIAA football. Well, I appreciate the time. Obviously, uh, a changing landscape. And I guess stay tuned yeah. <laughs> because it sounds like there's going to be a, a lot of changes on the horizon, but hopefully some changes for the good. Yeah, I feel really good about where the conference is, where we're going, um, what the future holds for the MIAA. It's a great conference, a strong conference. 
but we can get better, and that's what the plan is. Appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you at a Tiger game soon. You bet. Thank you.